How's it going? How's it going? And welcome to From the Sidelines. My name is Josh Duvall, and I'm here with Chad Davis, Devin Davis, and Noah Tyree. And today, we've got an awesome episode. Absolutely awesome. We've got former Kentucky linebacker Cash Daniel, one of the coolest guys to ever come to the Kentucky football program. So be sure to follow him on Instagram at CashDaniel56 and on Twitter at CashDaniel15. Special thanks to him for coming on. While you're on this following spree, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at FTSPod and on Twitter at VFTSPod. Any questions, comments, concerns, want to wanna say, hey, email us at theftspod at gmail.com. Let's get it rolling. All right, we are now super excited to welcome on former Kentucky Wildcat from Paintsville, probably one of the most badass players to come through the Kentucky football program. We've got Cash Daniel. Cash, how you doing, man? Hey, man. Thanks for that uh, that great introduction, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I, was, I, was, I could have gone more with it. I could have said coming from the from the Mad Mountains of Paintsville. There's, there's a lot there's a lot to say, man. <laughs> yeah, it does get pretty mad down there. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. So how, how have you been doing through COVID and everything? Man, just uh, just trying to make it. You know, just like everybody else has, man. It's just been, uh, you know, just something that, you know, nobody's really dealt with before. So you're just having to, you know, take it one day at a time and, you know, roll with the protocols and see what you can do, man. Just trying to make stuff happen. Yeah, so all the fans know you as the badass linebacker who played at UK, but take us back a little bit to your high school days and kind of what the recruitment process was like with uh, Stoops. So my recruiting process was it was it was a little different. Uh, I didn't get recruited until uh, I think going into my junior year. I think yeah, when I started getting like interest and everything, I didn't get an offer. I don't think I got an offer until going into my senior year. It was a little different than most people, you know, that, you know, they get recruited now and everything like that. But, uh, Coach Deuce was awesome, man. I mean, he was, he was awesome as a recruiter. He was awesome to play for. And, um, you know, just whenever you came on campus, you know, on my visits or whenever I go to a game or anything like that, you could just tell that this was, this had a home feel atmosphere to it. And Coach Deuce was, you know, the, probably the biggest reason why, you know, of how he ran his program and the guys that he brought yeah. in coaching wise and uh the players there uh so i mean it was just it was just an awesome experience and uh you know ultimately it was one of the greatest times you know growing up in high school when you're thinking you know you work your tail off for this and then it finally happens and uh you know all that hard work pays off so it was it was definitely a trip and uh, i would imagine coming out of the recruiting process and ending up with somebody like josh allen i'm sure you all working on the same side of the ball together all of those years was pretty exciting for you. Uh, just tell me, like, what was it like being on the other side of the D-line with him? I mean, it was fun. It was fun playing with a guy like Josh and not really just <clears throat> out there just playing with him, but, you know, getting to know Josh and, you know, what kind of person he is. And, uh, you know, he was always that guy that just lit up a room. You know, any room he went, walked into, always had a great attitude was always looking to get better and I often sometimes I look back at this picture of when I it was my first semester so I graduated high school early and I got in so I should have still been in high school and this is when we were still over at uh, Nutter before we got our new facility and everything but me him and me Josh and Chris Wester used to go in and get extra lifts in the evening sometimes and uh, I remember we, we had this one picture and Josh is just he's skinny man he is skinny, <laughs> skinny. And now you look at him, he looks like Superman. But you know, it's just the dream and the drive that he had. And, you know, he brought it. He brought it. He brought the best out of everybody. And, I, and you know, everybody that played on that defense was better because of Josh Allen. And we all fed off of each other. 
And, um, you know, I think that's what made that defense so good. You know, obviously having guys in the back end like Lonnie and Mike and D West and, you know, those guys back there, but, you know, Josh's presence on that field, you know, offensive lineman knew that he was the one not to be fucked with. And, you know, quarterback <laughs> knew that, you know, they're, they're, they're in for a fucking world trip. So, I mean, he was awesome, man. And it was, uh, it's awesome seeing what he's doing now, but, you know, he's, praying for him you know i know he's he's going through some some injury stuff right now i mean that's part of football it's part of the game but you know it, it goes back to with um with covid and everything i just don't think that these guys got the proper off-season training that they were supposed to get you know it's not about getting bigger faster and stronger essentially but it's more importantly about you know injury prevention and building up your strength in your joints and, and your knees and your shoulders and everything like that. So along with Josh, I think that's why you're seeing a lot of people, you know, over the over the course of football and the collegiate level and in the NFL, why guys are going down so much. You know, there seems like all the big name guys are going down like flies, it seems like. But, but yeah, man, overall, you know, Josh is a great player and, uh, you know, it was awesome playing with him. I got I got I got to ask something. You said, going, you know, back back freshman year, you all took a picture and he was super skinny. Uh, who do you think would have won in an arm wrestle? I don't know at that point. And at that point, I was I was still putting down about 15 beers a weekend, and then uh, <laughs> a week for Saturday and Sunday. So I was I was pretty hefty then. So I think I could carry my own in that picture. But now, I think he's got me for sure. <laughs> I don't know, man. I see your Instagram. You put in a ton of work. Yeah, I try. My, I try my best, man. It's just a uh, just what I like to do, you know. And uh, uh, I've always had people, you know, ask me, you know send them my workouts and everything like that and i'm like i just don't have that kind of time so i just like throw them up on instagram and people uh take them and uh you know then they use them and it helps them out then you know that's that's great you know that's what i want that's you know that's what i'm here to do is just to try to help people and you know if, if fitness is something that they're into you know i mean take my workouts and you know do them man i mean i just yeah and i don't have a program or anything i literally just steal bits and pieces from you know, the stuff that I've learned over the years, you know, with Coach Ed and Coach Hill. And, uh, you know, I know way we did this for back. And then I look you know, YouTube and Instagram. And there's plenty of fitness pages out there. I mean, not copying them, you know, workout, workout for workout. But, you know, just maybe you're looking at somebody's page here and getting a back workout. And then another one from here. And then just combine it all together. So, I mean, it's just, it's a lot more simple than people think it is. I mean, it's not like. You know, there's a set program, you know, that I wrote, wrote down or bought, you know, for $300 yeah. or shit like that. I mean, it's just go, go pull heavy shit, go lift heavy shit, put it down and do it all over. <laughs> After the big Florida win, y'all ended the streak back in 2018. You did this stone cold chug right in front of the camera as soon as the game was over. What what brought that on? Oh, man, that was something that's, uh, that was, it was a monumental win and it was a monumental style celebration you can only do that style of celebration when you do something big and i don't know man it was i was always a big fan of stone cold steve austin and i've always wanted to you know just just to, the way that he wrestled and his you know mindset you know he went up there and he was like hey i'm the baddest motherfucker out here you know and you there's nothing you guys can do about it you know i'm gonna do what i want talk the way i want all this stuff and he just embodied just trying to be you know feared out there so yeah. I mean, I always took bits and pieces from wrestling because at the end of the day, you know, we're entertainers out there. Yeah, we're still football players, but there's a reason why there's 60,000 staying their feet. There's a reason why there's, you know, thousands and thousands of people there because they want to be fucking entertained. So 
um, I knew that we were about to win the game, and I grabbed my video guy, Jacob Noger, and I was like, hey, man, like when this clock strikes zero, I got something special. And uh, I didn't think it'd be that special, meaning like I just, it just for me, you know. And uh, I threw it on Twitter, and next thing you know, it it, it spreads like wildfire. It's <laughs> yeah, and turns into a, a gif, a gif or a jif or whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the rest is history. Going back onto the Stone Cold thing, uh, there was a little thing I saw on Twitter uh, a couple months ago, and it said during quarantine, you got so bored that you have mastered impersonations of a couple people. I, I just want to see if that's true. Man, you caught me. You caught me the wrong time. Been doing that. I'm mellowed out right now, man. I'm on hype. <laughs> I, I just want to say, what made you think of getting impersonations of people like Gruden and Coach O and Stone Cold, especially? Because I, I just, I just like doing stuff that, I, that I've always done. I think that it's funny. I mean, I watched a lot of TV as a kid growing up, and um, you know, I just try to impersonate people you know that fascinate me you know i mean it's just if uh if, if i think that you have a fascinating you know aroma about you or your voice is pretty cool or it's funny sometimes i mean i mean it's just fun and it's just it's all in good fun but at the end of the day um you know it's just i just do stuff i like to do man i mean i'm not doing stuff to try to you know get instagram or twitter famous or anything like that i'm just a goofy motherfucker dude i mean that's just that's yeah. just plain and simple. I just like doing shit like that. Yeah, so while we're uh, reminiscing on the glory days, uh, do you have a particular play or moment that stands out throughout your UK career where you're like, that was that was the best? Man, just all the, all the good, everything, man. Just, um, you know, obviously the Florida win was a big one. Um, winning the Citrus Bowl was a big one. And doing it with the guys that I did it with. And um, obviously the Belt Bowl was another big one, but just uh, there's not really one that I could really pinpoint out. There's just so many, so many memories, you know, that you have and that you carry with you, whether they're good or they're bad. And sometimes, you know, they all teach you a lesson. But um, the good ones are definitely some damn good ones, man. I mean, and I look back on them a lot. I actually watched the, uh, the Citrus Bowl recap that are not on YouTube, and I still got chills just watching it because I was, I was just scrolling through and seeing it, it came across the sports category, and I was like, ah, fuck it, I ain't watching it in a minute. <laughs> and, uh, it, just brought, it, just, it just it just brought me back it just brought me back to you know how tight and how special that group was man i mean we we embodied that that style of you know us against the world we didn't care what anybody else thought we didn't care what anybody else uh, said about us from the outside noise i mean we just kept plugging and kept plugging and, you know and we went down there and beat the hell out of a uh, powerhouse like penn state and it was it was pretty damn fun so taking it, taking it back to the Paintsville High School days, you know, you played a little bit of a little bit of everything. You know, you obviously did linebacker, but you also did a little QB and tight end. So uh, kind of. Yeah, I played quarterback, tight end, running back, uh, outside linebacker, inside linebacker, defensive end, punter, kicked a field goal, return kicks from here and there. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> That's kind of one up the boat next. I didn't know all that. <laughs> okay, but out of all those, if you if you had the choice other than linebacker, you know what 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 would you be your go to position? Quarterback, dude. They get laid. <laughs> <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
they're the uh, they're the dudes, man. But I tell you what, it's it, the with the job and everything comes with it comes with responsibility and comes with a lot of pressure. So um, I don't know. Maybe I'd like to be you know a kicker. You know, kickers have it pretty easy. All you gotta do is not get fat and kick a ball. That's about it. <laughs> I think Austin might have something to say about that. <laughs> I, I was I'm just going by experience, dude. Like, cause our kickers like. We'd be out there in practice, and we got like twelve fucking periods, and there's two special teams periods, and depending on what it was, like, uh, like if it was punt, re- like if punt return was the second punt, like the second special teams period right before practice went in, after the first special teams period, like it'd be kickoff and punt. Those motherfuckers would go in like do, get in the hot tub or, you know, go get treatment. <laughs> and their, their day was over. That's all they did. So we're just out there going like, man, fuck you guys. We're out here, we're out here dying. So do you have like a wild or strange behind the scenes story situation that kind of happened? Something that maybe uh, the general public wouldn't know about? Maybe like a crazy fan interaction or something? Man, I've had a lot of crazy interactions. Um, No, not really. I mean, nothing really too crazy has happened. I mean, I mean, you got your typical... Uh, when you go out at places, you got people that follow you around from here and there when you when you get done when you're playing. But nothing, man. I mean, it, I mean, some stuff happened, you know, in in behind closed doors. You know, obviously, I can't talk about it just because. <laughs> I mean, I just I just can't do that. But, uh, let's say that it there were some times where it it, it got chippy. There were some times where um, it got a little crazy. But at the end of the day, you know, you're still a team. You know, and you're and you're still fighting for the same goal. So I mean, it's you got 105 bulls in there full of testosterone, man. I mean, heads are going to butt. You know, at sometimes hands are going to fly. I mean, that's just how shit goes. But uh, you you dap up after it, you talk shit out, and you go on about your day. Yeah, well, you also in practice uh, went went against a lot of talented offensive players, Benny Snell and Bowden. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles Walker, guest of the pod. Yeah. Uh, so, so who is the who is the most difficult guy to cover in pass coverage or tackle, bring to the man, bring to the ground? Coverage, I mean, I was I was ass in pass coverage, man. I mean, I was I could do you know tight ends and you know really slow slot receivers that should be tight ends, but uh, and some running backs from here and there. But um, you know, obviously Lynn was a really shifty guy. I mean, he didn't have that like lightning speed and cut like like an aggressive cut, he has like more of like this as smooth as butter cut where he's, it doesn't look like there's much effort into it at all, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and guys play different ways. I mean, they use their athleticism and, you know, God gave it to them. So why not use it? So uh, CJ Conrad was actually really one, a really hard guy to cover just because CJ had this, and you saw it, he has this natural push off that, won't get called because it's the way he does it is not a push off. He's using his more of his body momentum than anything. Yeah. And at the end of it, you see him extend his arms and that's what creates that separation. But he's leaning all of that 265 pounds of him into you as he's doing it. And actually one time we were, when we were getting ready for the citrus bowl and it was the only day that we practiced in pads and we were doing, uh, we were doing, no, we were doing seven on seven, I think. And uh, so they were in formation. They were in trips formation with CJ. His hand was in the dirt. So I had to pull the linebackers over. So I'm outside of CJ. And my, my responsibility is if, if CJ goes vertical or out, I got him. So the ball snaps. He comes up. We engage. 
and I can tell from the instant that he's going to cut because of how he's pushing me, the way he's pushing me. Like, I know this motherfucker's one about to cut out. <laughs> yeah. So I just start, I start pushing up against him. And then, you know, as good as a player CJ was, he felt that made me, he did something. And next thing I know, I'm just face first on my, like, I'm on, I'm on the ground face first because I was pushing so hard against him. And then, uh, I got my ass ripped by coach house pretty bad. And then, you know, and when guys make a play like that, I mean, shit, you get, you're going, you're going to know about it. You're going to hear the hoops and the hollers and all that shit. But I mean, it's, it's competition. Get back and play the next play. So the next play, uh, he ran a simple over the ball pivot route and he caught it and I went and absolutely knocked the shit out of him. <laughs> actually, coach Stoops actually got pretty mad at me that day, but. It's all right. And <laughs> CJ got up, laughed, and went on about his day. So more about that Penn State game. I, I just want your opinion over the whole game as itself. Did you have any doubts at any time? Because there were times in that game it, it looked a little iffy. And, Hell no. and some calls weren't going the right way. You can go, ahead, right, and stop. You can go ahead and stop. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. There wasn't Hell one no, you there had were... faith the whole time? The whole, I mean, there wasn't, if the whole time, if there was ever a doubt in our mind, you don't go out there on the field. I mean, that's just, yeah. that's just how it is. Yeah. I mean, if, I mean, when you go out and play anybody, you go out and you play Florida, you go out and you play Florida A&M or some JUCO school. It don't matter. I mean, anybody can beat on any day. I mean, hell, we got beat by Southern Miss my freshman year. Yeah. So, I mean, anything can happen. And so when we go out there, we knew, we knew that people still, we thrived on people not respecting us. That's what we thrived off of. Yeah. And down there the whole week, you know, people were talking how, you know, Kentucky's had a good year, but, you know, they're not there yet as a program to compete with a powerhouse like Penn State. And then you had uh, that, what was that one dude, that James Franklin dude, he um, he said something about uh, somebody's not the real blue and white or something like, we're going to be wearing the real blue and white. And I get that. Yes. He's trying to pay, and I get that. He's trying to pump up his fans and everything like that, but. You know, when we heard that, I mean, we did take that to heart. And we just took to heart that nobody really respected us still. After we beat Florida, after we stopped a powerhouse offense like uh, Mississippi State. I'd say that, going back to one of your questions, like a monumental win that not not a lot of people talk about was that Mississippi State game. That was probably one of my favorite wins because the whole week in practice, everything was just talked about like how – Nick Fitzgerald was going to run all over us, and Colin Hill was going to run yeah. all over us, and this and that. And we just we held him to I think like thirty some yards rushing, and everything that we had wrecked, like we had fucked up on it in practice. Obviously, got your ass beat, and like fuck, I need to fucking fix this. And then you finally go out there in a game and you fucking do it. I mean, that's a that's one of the biggest mental boners you can get ever. <laughs> I, corrected, I, I, I got that shit right, man. And, uh, we we were clicking on all cylinders that night, man, and we held that high-powered offense to hardly nothing. So it was an awesome game. But, yeah, down there in, in Florida, man, it was playing Penn State. It was just the fact of if we want respect, we have to go take it. And the only way to take it is to go win. And so uh, we went out there and did our thing, man. And it was it was one hell of a time doing it. Yeah. But yeah. No, there was never a doubt in my mind that we weren't going to win that game. So, uh, so Cash, I mean, you're you you were a D1 middle linebacker, so you're a big guy. So I'm I'm guessing you like you like good snacks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, say you're you're out and about, you're on a drive, you're getting a little rumble in your tummy, you're needing you're needing to pick me up. 
you you go to the gas station, you stop there, you, you browse the section. What's your go-to gas station snack? That's a good question because I do a lot of gas station do a lot of gas station eating when I'm on the road. So, um, you know, if I'm in the south, you know, typically I like to I like to go over to the the hot lamp and see what they got going on. You know, because man, you can find some of the best damn food in your life at a gas station. <laughs> uh, there's Valero right beside my house. And it, the only way that, that they still are up as a business is because of the breakfast that they make, man. They got homemade biscuits, homemade gravy, sausage, eggs, mm. every fucking thing you want in there. Okay. And, um, but if I'm just going by this, you know, stuff that's already in a wrapper and everything, um, if I'm traveling, you know, I definitely gotta have a bang to stay up. Cause usually if I'm traveling, I'm traveling long distance, so I gotta stay up. So I gotta have a bang. Yeah. Um, I gotta do some sort of beef jerky just because of this, this protein. I'm kind of a, health freak i like to stay away from sugar now um so that and if i have to get something with sugar in i'll probably get like a nature valley granola bar it's got the less amount of sugar in it but yeah and a water in copenhagen (laughs) (laughs) but sometimes i go by speedway and and if i know i've killed my diet this week then i will crush like two or three crispy cream donuts (laughs) oh man it was, it was hot glazed. Hey. No man, mine, mine's the uh, chocolate glazed with sprinkles. That shit's there we go. Ass, bro. That's there we go. That's uh, that shit that killed Kennedy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know the answer to this question already. But what does what does Cash like to do for fun, like on a Saturday afternoon? Just underwater basket weaving. Underwater basket weaving. Okay, that's that's a that's a first. Yeah, I'm just fucking leaving. Yeah, obviously, you guys know I'm going to say hunting and fishing, but I thought, I thought I'd try to throw something else out there. But I don't know, man. Like right now, like I'm at my buddy's house. We came over here. You know, we were, we were watching Squidbillies earlier, and we threw on South Park, and then we were watching a little bit of The Sopranos. So, I mean, we like to hang out and, you know, watch some good TV, some good movies and things like that. Actually, like me and a bunch of my buddies were like into, were like into, into like movies, like who was the director, you know, who was producing it, you know, who's been leading with this director, you know, like Martin Scorsese or uh, Quentin Tarantino, talk about those movies and shit like that. But, I mean, it's just it's just fun to do. But other than hunting, fishing, and doing that, man, I just find something to do. I don't know, just try to keep my mind busy. I'm not the type of guy to just sit around and do nothing without, you know, without doing something first. But, I don't know, go for a walk, do something, man. You know, I just got to keep my mind active. So I sit here and I, I sit here and I do nothing, man. That's when your cloud gets, that's when your mind gets cloudy and, you know, some shit starts going in there. You don't want to go in there, and next thing you know, you're sitting there doing nothing. So, always got to keep active. Yeah. But yeah, hunting, fishing, about all I fucking do. That <laughs> work out. I have a question, just based on what you've already been talking about on each season and whatnot. What season had more of a meaning to you? That 2018 <clears throat> season that we already talked to death about, or your last season where every game didn't go as planned? And it, it was starting to look hazy, and then you get to the Virginia Tech game at the Belt Bowl, and you still went out there, and you get to close your career with the bowl win, which I assume was the only way to go out for you. So I just I wanted to know which more had more meaning for you, brother. I'd probably have to say 2018, just because really, just of how close that group was, man. I mean, when I say that we were our brothers' keepers, that that shit ain't no joke. And there was and there was leadership not just in one position room. Yeah. There's leadership in every position room where you didn't have to 
beg guys to come to seven on seven in the summer. You have to beg guys to show up to workouts on time because everybody knew if they didn't do that fucking shit, not only would Josh Allen rip their ass, D West would rip their ass, CJ Conrad would rip their ass, I would rip their ass, and so on and so forth down the line. That senior season, bro, I be honest with you, bro, I felt like I was on my own mm. leadership in leadership standpoint. I think that's and I put a lot of pressure on myself to live up to what we have done the last year. And I'm not gonna say any names, but just guys this didn't guys this weren't as bought in as they were the previous year. They were more about themselves, kinda. Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean, it was a great year, man, you know, with what we did in that belt bowl. And obviously, you know, we had a lot of a lot of great wins. And, you know, and I, obviously I didn't want to leave any other way other than winning a bowl game again. But but who was more special to me? It was probably that 2018 group because, I mean, I know that like Josh Allen, like he'll still he'll just still call us to say what's up. Like, absolutely. Like, D, like D, I could I could pick up the phone right now and call D West and he'd be like, bro, what's up? And if anybody, you know, that's that's just how tight that group was, man. And, you know, how much fun we had with each other. Um, you know, you just can't replace that, you know, and how fun it was and how easy it was to go to work every day. Yeah. That was that's the biggest part was how easy it was to go out there and practice and give it your all. Because, you know, the guy beside you and the guy next to him are doing the same damn thing. So. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how much you've kept up with uh, this 2020 UK team, but. Do you have any I'll thoughts on? I work for UK Sports Network. I've had to keep up with them. Okay, okay, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm sure you have a bunch of thoughts, and uh, you probably watch all the games. So, anybody, anybody that's impressed you, or any any big takeaways you have from the season, looking forward to next year? Um, there's a few bright spots. I'll, I'll just say that there was a few bright spots. Um, I don't want to say anything because I still got friends on that team. And I don't want to be disrespectful toward them or the coaches there. Um, but I will say that I don't think you've seen, like, ever since that 2018 season, it just seems like Kentucky's slipping back to old Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Slipping back to, like, you can just tell with the attitude, the way that some dudes are playing. Um, the social media stuff that you see, it's just like dudes are worried about themselves. And the day that dudes become worried about themselves rather than the team, that's when shit implodes, man. That's when it implodes. But, hey, I will say this. they've allowed, if, if it becomes that monster, they've allowed that monster. Yeah. yeah you, don't have, you don't have to speculate, but do you have any thoughts as to why that might happen? Is that the there's Matt, no, Matt House departure? There's, there's no leaders, man. Okay. You didn't have any nobody. Let me tell you this, man. There's being an SEC, a captain on an SEC team, isn't the coolest position to be in. You have to go. You have to make some calls sometimes, where you're going to piss you're going to piss some people off. You have to call some people out on their shit, and sometimes they're going to get upset about it. But there's a reason why you're why you were named a fucking captain. And I knew from the get go when we named 16 fucking captains or 12 fucking captains or 10 captains, wherever the fuck it was. I knew I was like, this ain't gonna be fucking good. There's yeah. a reason why there's only four to six captains. There's a reason why there's only a small handful of people like that because you have to live up to that. You have to live to that standard, not just on the fucking football field, 
but in the weight room, how you carry yourself in the community, like all that shit that, that people talk about all the time. Yeah, that, that, that shit actually fucking matters. Yeah. Like, and some people, are, they just don't, for some reason, they just don't believe it. But, um, but then, man, it's just, it just comes down to dudes not wanting to break people's, like not wanting to hurt anybody's feelings, man. Yeah. And that's one thing that we never cared about. We don't care about your fucking feelings. We're in, we're in the business of winning. And that's all we care about. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So let's say the world's ending. There's a zombie apocalypse going on. You're in The Walking mm-hmm. Dead. What is your go-to weapon of choice, and what group of guys do you want to be with to survive? Well, first off, we're going back home in the mountains because I I know those things like the back of my hand. Uh, we set up booby traps, all that good shit. Um, you know, from my experience of watching The Walking Dead and zombie movies, if you're wanting to pick them off, you don't want anything too loud because then obviously the swarm will come. Yeah. So I would I would go with something with a silencer, you know, maybe like a little, you know, a, a 22 with a with a silencer. Yeah. Uh, rifle style, not a pistol, and then probably a baseball bat with uh, nails coming through it. Oh, hell yeah! Be a good uh-huh. one. And a flamethrower. Yes. <laughs> so, but I have to have a horse to ride around on too. <laughs> <laughs> Who all do you got by your side as you're fighting off the zombies? As I'm fighting off zombies, who do I want by my side? Uh, first guy I want is D West. I want D West by my side because I because I know he'd he'd go ape shit on some on some zombies. I know he would. <laughs> um, Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> um. How many did you say I got to pick six? Oh, just just oh, whatever you want. Three, do three. Three, 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 three is a good number. Including me, you gotta have small numbers. You can't take care of a lot of people, so you gotta just keep your pack small. I'd say five at the max. So, including me, I'd have D West and Joe Rogan. So I gotta get picked two more. Um, probably Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yeah. And, okay. Uh, Jason Statham. Yes. You got you got a squad of beasts going on the zombies. I don't. Yeah. Well, man, I, I think I think that about does it. We we really appreciate you taking the time and coming on. Yeah, we had a we had a great time talking to you and appreciate all all the you know all the experiences that you shared with us and all the all the funny jokes and everything. You know, we we really appreciate it, man. Hey, man, no problem. Appreciate you guys. Y'all be good. Absolutely. You too. Right, appreciate it. See you guys. See ya. See ya. Alright, well that does it for another special episode of the From the Sidelines podcast. Another special thanks to Cash Daniel for coming on. You can give him a follow on Instagram at CashDaniel56 and on Twitter at CashDaniel15. And while you're at it, feel free to give us a follow as well. You can find us on Twitter at the FTSBod and on Instagram at FTSBod. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to send us an email to the FTSBod at gmail.com. Bye, have a great time. <laughs>